They don't want to mess up, but the reality is, is that they can't mess up. They just got to love their kids and enjoy the journey along the way. And if they do that, then, then everybody's winning. Hello, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast, where we share tips, stories, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith as we bring you another episode. Today's guest is a true ambassador for softball worldwide. Her career began in Canada, then took her to college in Georgia and playing professionally in Holland. She began coaching at the college level immediately after and never looked back. Her Hall of Fame award is just the tip of the impact she's made on our sport. Throughout her career, she's coached at the D1, NAIA, and JCAA levels in the States, and internationally, she's also helped coach the Austrian and Uganda national teams. She received the coveted Ringer Impact Award given to a coach who has made a lasting impact with the international softball community. The Grow the Game initiative is her most recent endeavor. With it, she provides sport opportunities for young women in Uganda. Currently, she's the owner of Beyond the White Lions Softball Academy, head coach of the Canada Futures College Experience Team, head coach for Team BC, and serves as the National Coaching Certification Program's Master Learning Facilitator and Evaluator. We got to know her when we joined forces to put on a weekend-long best season ever event with her and Jen Starkey. By the end of the weekend, tears were flowing because of the impact they had made. Today, we discuss her path to coaching and making an impact worldwide through softball, helping players see how good they can be by giving them a platform to be themselves, knowing we as coaches don't have to be everything to everybody, making time for one-on-one communication, staying patient with the process when time is limited and development is slow, and how to stay true to ourselves and not worry about others think. So let's get to it. Please welcome our good friend who is truly making an impact on our sport worldwide, Joni Frey. Welcome, Joni. Happy to be here, guys. Hey, Joni. Welcome. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, I was fortunate enough to spend an entire weekend with you in Canada while you were driving us all over. So you're awesome. Can't wait to uh, for to share you know you with with our guests or our audience as well because you're awesome and amazing. So we'll get right to it. Okay, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, Joni. What inspired you to pursue the degrees that you currently have? Okay, so this is not the first time I've been asked this question. Um, so it, what, I, what I mean by that is I've had the opportunity to kind of think about that one. And I think back to third grade when I initially had my um, teacher give us the assignment um, of what do we want to be when we grow up. And I think I was probably the ripe old age of eight or nine at the time. Um, and I remember going home and thinking, okay, I know for sure I want to be one of these two things. And the first thing that I thought of was, I want to be a pirate because it was around the times of Goonies and One-Eyed Willie was like my hero and the gold and the treasure and the adventure and all those things. I was like, yes, I want to be a pirate when I grow up, not really knowing that that wasn't a thing that you could be, nor was it legal. So I opted for my second thing, which was a teacher. Um, which I think, you know, kind of is the equivalent of being a teacher in the sense that you get to find treasure and go on adventure and, um, you know, just enjoy all the cool things that life has to offer. And so, yeah, in third grade, I decided that uh, piracy probably wasn't going to work out for me. So uh, being a teacher or an educator or a coach or just somebody that could empower other people was probably the the path that I wanted to take. So, um, yeah, when I was a young age, I decided that, that teaching was it for me. That is excellent. I think my favorite, what do you want to be when you grow up was a snowman, Oh, yeah. but I think pirate is up there. <laughs> a snowman. That's interesting. I'll follow up with that person. Yeah. That person grew up in Southern California. We clearly did not have a good concept of what happens to snowmen. <laughs> Got it. That makes sense. 
So tell us a little more about how that love for education then morphed into teaching softball skills and the life skills behind softball. Yeah. So, you know, growing up in, in Canada, um, in, in a small little town of, of Kelowna, British Columbia, um, you know, we, we just, I, we played lots of sports and, and I, I loved other sports. I loved basketball. I loved hockey and field hockey. Um, but I also loved softball and it just turned out that, that that was one of the, the sports that I was better at. And so I was able to, to go and, and, um, pursue a, a, a scholarship down to a school in Georgia and I loved it. And I, and it was pretty incredible because moving from, you know, a small town in Canada, having never even visited um, anywhere in the South. I mean, I think I'd only gone to Washington state prior. And then I packed my two suitcases, didn't go on a visit, didn't really know anybody down there, but I figured, all right, let's do this. It'll be an adventure. And so, um, you know, just even through my, my four years of, of playing in my undergrad, I realized that um, I was able to, to really, you know, learn and develop and grow as a, as a human being, as well as an athlete, um, having gone away, um, you know, from my family, my friends and everything into a totally different, different world that the South is. Um, and I just realized that through sport, I was able to, to, to grow and become the person that I am because um, I was willing to, to you know, to, to go into the unknown and take a chance. And, and it really was the best decision I could have ever made for, for my life. And so um, it, it all started there. And then have and then I spent 12 years in the South and I and I coached and I taught at um, at uh, a couple of universities and um, and during that time I was able to you know learn the perspective of a coach and kind of what what that all entailed and then I moved back to to Canada um, and then I figured you know what like softball is amazing and, and really the skills that I was able to to learn the life skills that I was able to learn through the process of going away was something that I wanted to offer to our to our Canadian kids and so that's where the idea of of beyond the white lines um, first first became and obviously hope well not obviously but hopefully it makes sense beyond the white lines is the idea behind that is that it's really it's the x's and the o's of the game and the game on the field is is amazing but it's really all all the other stuff it's the you know it's the meeting the alicia's and the mel's of the world and the the amazing people that go along with softball and, and all the the opportunities to develop life skills that go along with it so and that's where it all started and then it's just flourished since then now we do grow the game which is an initiative that we have um, in, in Uganda and we take kids from, from really not just Canada, but North America, because we've got some girls that are, that are coming along with us and coaches that are coming along with us from, from the U S too. And um, you know, as much as we're going to benefit from, from the, uh, from the, from the trip, from a softball perspective and we're, we'll bring equipment and stuff. It's really about the, the relationships that are going to be developed and the experience and life skills and perspective that's going to be gained through the process. So, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of been a cool, a cool thing because we've gone from, um, you know, a very basic concept of going away to playing college softball to hopefully bettering the lives of the people that, uh, that we come in, in touch with and we encounter. I think that's, what's so inspiring about you, Joni is because you don't need to spend very long with you to, to hear your passion and, and to see it in action. Right. And that's, what's so inspiring about you is, awesome. is that, yeah, it is amazing what you have done for the game, uh, in your area with your, with your, not only your business, but just national, not only just nationally, but internationally. Right. So expanding that, um, game and love and passion to Uganda is an experience that I cannot wait to, to have with you, but just to see the impact that you've made across the globe is, is so inspiring. So thank you for, for doing that. Thanks for the comment. And I just want to speak to that, Leash, because I think it's, 
you know, it's a, it's a perfect kind of segue into, or maybe not even a segue, but it's a perfect um, connector because the truth is, is that I get to meet people like you and it's not really that hard of a thing, what we're doing, you know, it's not, it's not that far off of uh, what, what anybody is capable of doing. I mean, it's a matter of connecting with people and caring about them and loving them and, and encouraging them and validating them. And then away we go, go do amazing things. So as much credit as we get, I mean, it's it's really just a matter of, you know, loving on the people that you're around a little bit and empowering them to go and do to do big things. So I'm sure that, um, that the people that I'm in connect in contact with will will continue to do even greater things than what we're doing. We're just we're just planting seeds right now. Yeah, I agree. And I think that when we were uh, together in Calgary, we saw that amazing, uh, you know, process and project that those kids were able to do right with with just only four hours, right? They yeah. were really empowered uh, to help raise money yeah. and, and get that Grow the Game Uganda is just all over the place, right? So they were able to raise almost $700 just from a, a four-hour um, project, right? To be able to just go do it, right? There was, there was no parent intervention. There were no coach intervention. It wasn't any adults that were uh, guiding that it was the kids were empowered and yeah. that was, what was so amazing about that experience and I could see I could see the emotion on your face when they when they did the presentation and they they showed everything that they had done in such a short period of time and that's what I think is what's so cool about this journey is that we get to see what kids can do when you empower them yeah it's so true it's and I can speak forever on that one because obviously I'm not a person of, of short on words but but you're absolutely right I was speechless at, at that time when when I'd heard what the girls, you know, what the girls had done and, and really how, how it was meaningful for them as well. And, and that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. So moving on um, to the next question, kind of with your experience with not only coaching, but in, in your experience with beyond the white lines, what have you seen your players and athletes that you coach struggle with the most? Uh, you know, I think it has a lot to do and it, it, it kind of ties into our, our previous um, topic is, just knowing that they're good enough, knowing that they're capable of uh, greatness and and really believing in it. Um, because I think often, you know, girls, maybe in general, just they, they, they don't know how good they are or they, they doubt how good they are or they question how good they are. And so just really knowing uh, what what they're capable of and how good how good they really can be and how, how good they are right now. So. Uh, you know, often they've got they've got the resources and they've got the the skills and the tools, but it's a matter of um, believing that what they have and what you know the skills that they possess are actually uh, quite incredible and quite amazing, and they're and they're capable of of great things. Oh, that's so cool! And I I want to actually tie those last two things you're talking about together. So to talk about like what you're going with now, like like that is empowerment, right? And we talk about this term and we want to empower athletes and they want to feel empowered. And like, that's a big theme with the current generation of athletes coming up. But again, like everything we found, like we're lacking in the how. And I think that really ties back to that impact project you did with the girls. Can you talk about some other ways that you help build that feeling of empowerment? Yeah. So this whole morning, um, I've been on the phone or Facebook messaging or text messaging with, with various people um, as a, a follow-up to what we did this past weekend. And I mean, there's, there's many examples, but I'll, I'll talk about the one uh, most recent was we had our, our first annual indoor tournament. And as cool as that is, indoor tournament games are being played. Um, we had uh, a group of our Canada Futures uh, girls, which we can, we can talk about that later if it comes to it. But essentially, it's a, a team of 
of girls that are, are pursuing great things, whether it be college softball or, you know, um, high academic programs and things like that. And, and they were all uh, they were all there. And not only did they get a chance to, to play because we needed another team, but they also uh, were there coaching and they were instructing and they were, um, you know, sharing in, in community and um, being a part of, of the culture that, that we've developed with within Beyond the White Lines and Canada Futures. And so how do we do it? We give them the platform to be able to go and be themselves and have some fun and, and you know, just be authentic and not feel like they have to be something that, um, you know, so, that somebody else expects them to be. And so we just, I mean, it's to me, Mel, it's just so easy. Just give them the platform and love them and care about them and, and validate them. And, and then, you know, you sit back and, and honestly, I'm absolutely amazed by what they're capable of. I got it just before you, we all connected, I got a message from one of our players, um, Reese, who on one of our Canada Futures trips, we went down to um, Atlanta and they got to see the, the Martin Luther King Memorial. And, and now uh, two of the girls come back uh, a couple months later and they're now doing a project on, you know, human rights and, and things like that. And so it's just giving them the, the platform and then leaving them alone to go and explore all the great things that they can be. So I, I think I think often it's, it's best if I just kind of give them the opportunity and then stay out of their way because uh, I don't want to put any limits on them. I think that's what we want to do is at least as coaches, maybe parents and teachers too. We, we have this, this desire to constantly coach and constantly teach and give them information when they really don't need it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not empowering them actually. Right. So we can actually overcoach at times. Right. And just yes. constantly. So there's a way there's, there's gotta be a fine line and a balance. And I think that that's probably the tricky part for all coaches, but at the end of the day, empowering them is what's really important. Totally. I totally agree. And I, you know, one of the programs that we run in Canada is called uh, the national coaching certification program. And at least you and I talked about it a little bit when we were together. And, and I find that, you know, there's lots of amazing, great information out there. And then uh, often the way that I finish our coaching clinics is uh, you know, just to, just to, give them a little bit of information and then stay out of their way. You know, don't, don't overcoach because what they do, they, they, they do a lot of things naturally. And sometimes we, we, um, you know, overcoach and, and coach those things out of kids and whether it's the technical X's and O's or if, if it's just a matter of, you know, who, who they are. Right. And the, the, the projects that they have on the go. So yeah, sometimes the best coaching we can do is just stay out of the way. Which is easier said than done. True. True. <laughs> so I like to say every coach has a little bit of a control freak in them. <laughs> and we just want to help. So we want to always be in charge of the teaching. Yeah. <laughs> You've also gotten the opportunity to take a lot of courses yourself, which now you're translating and teaching other people and other coaches how to be great. What do you think are some of the biggest lessons in addition to empowerment that you can give coaches for developing this mental, emotional, human side of coaching? Well, there's amazing resources out there and, and, and not that that was a, a segue, but you guys, what you guys are doing right now and, and all the things that, um, you know, all the, all the little projects and, and um, opportunities that you're offering to athletes. I mean, there's resources out there just like you guys. And I think, you know, for, for coaches, it's important that they, they capitalize on that. A coach can't be good at everything. And so they've got to um, jump on the opportunities and the resources that are out there. Um, and, and then with that said, just keep learning, keep reaching out and, um, you know, stay open-minded and, and always, always be willing to, to listen. You know, it's not always about giving the information, but it's about uh, receiving it as well. And so taking advantage of opportunities and, and resources like you guys, um, and then just staying continual learners and understanding that, 
you know, that a coach doesn't have to always have all the right answers and doesn't have to be everything to everybody. Uh, I think it's a, you know, it's a collective approach. And if we, if we as adults and leaders in our sports can, um, you know, can sometimes take a step back and know that we're not, uh, we're not experts in everything. I think that's, that's huge. So yeah, having, having um, some, some humility and, and uh, operating with that, I think is, is imperative. So Joni, with, with your position in, in Canadian softball, you've had an opportunity to, to instruct and coach a lot of coaches and work with a lot of athletes. So how do you work with those coaches and athletes on communication? Yeah. So, you know, I think there's, there's the formal communication and then there's informal communication and I'm probably um, more, more of an expert on, on informal communication as far as, you know, picking up the phone and, and, and having, having a, a chat with somebody. I think that's so important. Email is a great thing and, and it's, it's used, um, by me often. Um, uh, but it's a matter of just, you know, connecting on a, on a personal level with, with coaches. So as far as the, the method, um, it's, it's more, you know, one-on-one and, and maybe even meeting for coffee or whatever else. Um, and then the other part of it is, is talking with, um, coaches about how they communicate with their, with their players. And, you know, although it's a little bit different, we're probably not meeting for coffee with our, our players. Um, it, it's, it's really about just having that one-on-one connection and, 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 you know, getting to understand where they're coming from and what their lives beyond the softball field, um, entails. And then once you have that, that caring and that trust factor, uh, you know, the, the doors for communication are, are open and, uh, it, it, it totally becomes a, a two-way, you know, two-way street, uh, so to say. But I think, yeah, it's it, the biggest thing I think in all of this is just genuinely caring and and know and, and being willing to to listen, right? And and for the other person to know that you're listening as well. But um, I, I think, yeah, I think it's it's all about just getting to know each other and, and what works best. I think that's a great point. Of like, it's not just about following some rules of communication like I have to speak this way and I have to give this type of feedback it's all every single person is different including the coach do you have any examples of different ways coaches communicate because I know one thing that came up when I was coaching was uh our staff we were like okay well then we heard this from somewhere uh we have to meet with every player for 30 minutes once a month right (laughs) all right, let's do this structure. And like, it helped to have the structured, <laughs> yeah. not say that, but it was so forced and it wasn't, it wasn't us. And so it didn't even work. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's funny. Cause I mean, I guess the timing of, of things uh, that are meant to be, or are usually on, on time with each other. But I just had a conversation with the coach a couple of days ago talking about exactly this. And so um, especially in minor sports, I mean, college is a little bit different because you've got, you know, you've got your girls there. Um, and, and maybe the parents aren't, aren't as involved. Um, maybe they are, but maybe they're not. Um, but at, at a minor level, which is what I'm currently dealing with, um, it, it's, it, it, communication doesn't happen a whole lot, right? Because coaches are just so, um, limited for time and, and parents as well. I mean, they're, they're toting kids around, you know, little brother, little sister around that maybe they're not, um, you know, always there. And so the message talking about communication, the message often, um, you know, gets distorted. And so, yeah, Mel, what I've, what I talked with this coach about was, um, having like, you know, having time set aside every couple weeks, few weeks, kind of depending on what makes sense and what point in the season they're at, um, that says, okay, coach, uh, okay. Players and parents, we, you know, we've set aside some time during practice, um, for just an informal check-in and that 
the idea of that is it, it gives parents um, an opportunity to know that they, they get to be heard and, and also they get to share some insight that maybe their own player isn't sharing with them. But it can it can be as simple as, yep, things are going great. Kids loving, loving life. They love instruction. They're having a good time. They love their team. Everything's good. You know, or it could be the opposite. It could it could be that, you know, maybe there's something that um, that the kid or the parent, um, you know, wants to talk with the coach about and they're they don't know the right, op, you know, the right time to do it. Of course, we don't want it right after a game or right after a practice. When should we do it? Should we do it? And so the idea of kind of having that, um, you know, that scheduled, quote unquote, scheduled time, um, I think is is great, but it doesn't necessarily need to, to have a whole lot of um context to it if, it if it doesn't need to you know but it, it gives it gives everybody the, the 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 know that that communication is important and we will have it and if you've got something to say say it and if not then just give us a high five and we'll see you later and I found that that's that's really worked you know sometimes a, a parent or a kid needs 10 minutes to have a conversation and sometimes they need 10 seconds and, and that's okay but it really validates um it, communication and it shows shows everybody that uh, that it's important to have. And and I think we all know that um, if there's anything that's missing in programs and, and coaching staffs and teams, it's, it's just having that, that communication uh, and knowing that, that it's an important piece to the culture of a team. So Joni, could you talk a little bit more about the certification that coaches need to obtain in Canada for use yes. coaching youth sports? Yeah, for sure. So I think there's a lot of really good things that comes from this. It's uh, the, it, it comes from the Coaching Association of Canada. And what the Coaching Association of Canada does is they mandate um, all of the NSO, so that's uh, the national sport organizations, um, to have coaching requirements. And so then all of the PSOs, the provincial sport organizations, um, who receive direction from the, the national organizations are required to, um, to run different... Uh, levels of training and so like there's there's 66 sports I think it's 66 maybe it's 67 now that fall under the umbrella of the national coaching certification program and so many sports um, have different requirements and so you've got your sport specific requirements and then as the the coaches go up in their coaching uh, level per se that there's more advanced requirements and you know things like nutrition and sports psychology and managing conflict and planning practices and so on. And so it it's it's great because there's a requirement for our coaches to have a, a, a standard level of knowledge. Um, and, and so there's definitely pros pros behind that. But there's there's negatives too because in order for programs to happen, it takes time, it takes committees, it takes um, you know, implementation and and we all know that, you know, that that it just it takes time. There's a lot of hoops that have to be run through. And so I, I, in some respects, um, you know, I, there's, there's definitely pros behind it, but there's also negatives because it, it's just time consuming. I do appreciate our program because parents know and kids know that they're going to get a certain level of, of knowledge and in order to, from their coaches and in order to, um, to coach at a provincial or a Western Canadian or a Canadian championship, uh, they're required to get certain, certain levels of training or, or you know, certain training. I, I keep saying the word levels, but we're trying to get away from levels. Um, it's more about the the information and the knowledge that, that they're they're getting. It's not about the the coach having a level. It's about the needs of the kids um, and what their what their training environment should look like. And I like that because, like, you really do have to get the physical stuff down first. Yeah, like we talk about that too. Like, as 
as wonderful as it is to like talk mental game early in the beginning, it's more talking about like having fun, like right learning confidence. So it's not like we're going to talk about imagery with eight year olds. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. So Joni, with that said, what do you feel like is missing from the coach's standpoint, the coach's side to be able to really truly help athletes in the, and serve them in the best way? So I feel like I could answer that quite broadly in the sense that, especially at the minor level, um, is that there's just, there's, there's a lot of needs that our kids, kids have, whether it's, um, you know, it's, it's mental, it's physical, it's emotional. And it's a matter of, you know, we've got, uh, 99.99% of our, our coaches, um, definitely in the province for softball are, are volunteers. And so, I mean, time is definitely one of those things. Um, it depends on the team, um, and the organization parental support in many organizations is, is phenomenal. And some it's, it's, um, you know, dismal, but, um, just, just, I think having everybody on the same page and knowing that, um, that it's, it's a process to get our kids from, from where they are now to, to where they want to be and having everybody, um, you know, contributing to that process and working together and being patient in the process. You know, we, we often want to see results immediately. Um, you know, like throwing my, my itchy band in the, in the microwave and knowing that it's going to be ready in 30 seconds, but it's just not the way that development works. And, and that goes for physical, emotional, mental, all of the above. So, you know, having patience and buying into the process and knowing that there is a process and no matter what happens, you didn't make the wrong decision. As long as you have that, that outlook and that mindset going in that, you know, only good can come from this because that's the perspective that we're going to have um, about this and, and, and enjoying the journey, enjoying the process and, and not worrying too much, you know, bless parents. I mean, I don't have kids and, I feel like, well, maybe I have thousands of kids, but, um, you know, I think that, that in this day and age, it's really tough to, to, to parent, um, a kid because there's just so many societal expectations that, 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 that people have of themselves and maybe society puts on us, but just enjoying it and, and making, making where you are big time versus looking everywhere else, um, you know, and, and seeing what everybody else is doing. Just, just invest in where you are and, and plant seeds where you are and not worry about what everybody else is doing. So, I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I definitely know that that's one of the struggles is just, you know, coaches having enough time, having expect, the expectations that they have of themselves and others put on them. And then also I get the other side of that because you've got parents that, you know, they just want to do the very best they can and, and uh, they don't want to mess up. Um, but the reality is, is that they can't mess up. They just got to love their kids and, and enjoy, uh, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the journey along the way. And if they do that, then, then everybody's winning. Yeah. That is so good because, but it's so I, true, we, right? Yeah, it's so exactly. It's and so we true. don't get it quite because we're always focused on our kids, on our players, but we need to focus on the process too. We tell them all the time, but we forget it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And Alicia, you and I talked about it, right? Like societal norms yeah. and pressures, yeah. and yep. I mean for everything, you know, not just the way kids are raised and we coach, but just how we live our lives. And I'm supposed to be this, and I'm supposed to do that, and whatever. But like. Just be you. Just be authentic. It's so easy. It's too easy. It's too easy that we probably, we can't accept it because it's too easy. But just, yeah, care about each other, love each other, enjoy the journey, learn. I mean, it's too easy to me. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I, just in the short time I spent time with you, I learned a lot from you from that, from that simple perspective. That's such a unique perspective, actually, an easy one, but a unique one, right? It is really easy just to be you and be authentic and, and, move forward in empowering people and, and inspiring people, motivating people just by being you. 
instead mm-hmm. of trying to do all these other things and trying to be all these other things. And that, that is you, that is a definition of you. And that is so, again, I'll say it again, you're super inspiring. And I think it's just amazing because, and this is what is awesome about this journey that Mel and I are on. We get to meet people like you and, mm-hmm. and that share the same values, but that is such a simple statement. So it's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And I want to, I want to talk about a podcast that you guys did previously with um, Lonnie Alameda. And I think the world of her, you know, and I've been going to NFCA conventions for, I don't know, probably 12 or 13 years and they're amazing and they're great and they're awesome. And we always get to learn from uh, just incredible, incredible people. Um, We've spent some time, our Canada Futures team went, we went to Auburn and we went to Florida State. And just in the, in the little time that I had the opportunity to spend with uh, Coach Alameda, it's, it's just incredible that she lives exactly the way, you know, exactly the way that we're talking. She's authentic. She's just herself. Um, and, and because she is authentic and genuine and just herself, people, people are drawn to her. Her players are drawn to her and they play their best when you're, you're, you know, when your leader um, is just themselves. And, and it's, it, I see that from their whole coaching staff, you know, of course they're going to have challenges and all kinds of stuff, whatever that goes with the territory. But if you, if you know her at her core, um, you know, she's just, she's just real and, and people love that. And clearly, uh, there's success in that because I'm pretty sure I checked today and they're still ranked number one and they just won a, a world, uh, world series last year as, as everybody knows. But, uh, yeah, if there's anything that we can gain from watching them aside from just their sheer excellence, it's, it's looking at their leader and seeing that, uh, she's just real. And, and I, I love that. And it makes me as, as somebody who's always trying to be, be better. It makes me realize that it's okay just just to be real, just just be yourself. So a huge shout out to her and and you guys nailed it um, with your podcast because I I think a lot of people needed to hear what she had to say. Yeah, she was amazing. Just like you said, like living the things we're talking about. And I know it is a simple concept to be yourself, but it's not easy for most people. So if you could leave coaches specifically and then pass on to their players what's one tip that helps you just be you be authentic and block out all the other noise and judgment and expectations and all the outside stuff that really doesn't matter so i i'm gonna use the nike thing and and i'm sure there's uh adidas lovers and armor lovers but i'm i'm just gonna say just do it just go do it just go do it just go be you um pursue your passion keep learning. Like it's good to be you and it's good to be authentic and, and, and genuine and all these things. That's good. Um, but always look to get a little bit better. And if, if that is part of being you always looking to get a little bit better then good, then keep on that. Like, don't be satisfied with where you're at. That's not what I mean when I say, just be you. I, I mean, just be you, but get better all the time. Um, but yeah, just keep, keep learning and be open-minded and, uh, you know, and, and if you believe in what you're doing and your, per- your, your purpose aligns with, with your passion and, and what you're doing, then, then you're doing everything right and, and, and just keep going, keep going with it. You know, as long as you've got the right, uh, the right motive um, and, the, and the right interest, um, which, is, which is the kids at heart, then you can't go wrong. And there's, there's lots of ways to, to you know, to, to, to finish at the, at the end line, but, uh, you know, how, how you get there is, is going to be unique to you and it, it's going to be okay. It's, it's, it's right because, because you're doing it. Such good stuff. We told you there'd be gems today, right? Well, if you'd like to follow Joni and keep tabs on her, she is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, follow her on Facebook by searching beyond the white lines softball 
on Instagram, you can find her at Joni Frey, J-O-N-I-F-R-E-I. And on Twitter, she's B-T-W-L, Beyond the White Lines, Joni Frey, J-O-N-I-F-R-E-I. To put some of Joni's tips into action, we challenge you again this week to be your authentic self. The way the sports world is, coaches are constantly under the microscope. We hear much more criticism than praise. Plus, everyone else knows how we should be doing things, right? Those who get paid can even lose their jobs if they don't do at least a little bit of people-pleasing. This can be a topic all its own, but let's focus on the most important piece of this equation, you. Like Joni says, at the end of the day, it's about caring for your players and being yourself. But how can we be more authentic? We've created a PDF for you to answer that question. To grab that PDF for free, just head to the link on this page and you can get it for yourself. Figuring out your authentic self is not easy and it's even more difficult when you're young and not all that great at self-awareness yet. That's why we put so much emphasis on self-reflection and sharing as a team into our blueprint. It not only helps team building and cohesion, but it also helps your players figure out who they are. If you'd like a little assistance in this adventure, consider investing in our Dream Team programs. You can take advantage of the 70 plus activities we've already put together, plus they all tie back to the mental skills taught in each course. Combine mental toughness with self-awareness and you'll be able to truly unlock their potential. For more information on our membership levels and other services, reach out on social media or head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash blueprint. That's it for today. Thank you again for joining us and we'll see you again next week. Have a good one.